Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast with me, Russell Guyver. I am joined this week by Andy Bass, Andy Knott and Robin Woolley. Andy Knott had a few technical issues at one point or other during the pod, so apologies if you're having a little bit of trouble hearing one or two of the points made. But generally, all is well and good. It was a bit of an epic because there was plenty to discuss this week. So stay tuned, here we go. You're listening to the Brighton Rock Podcast. We've got our latest episode with me, Russell. We've got Robin Woolley back. Hello, Robin. Hi, Russ. We have Dr. Knott back. Hello, Andy. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. And to confuse matters, we've swapped Andy B's around. From Andy Bravery last week and the week before, we've got a return to the man who made his debut in August. It's Andy Bass. Hello, back, and welcome back to you, Andy. How yeah. are you doing? Yeah, good. Nice to be here. Excellent. Well, it's a real change to the pod squad here. Um, you know, it's uh, swapping things around. Peter's been dropped. It's like for like Andy changes. Imagine if Albion rotated that much. Could you just imagine? <laughs> um, well, um, what happened with the team we'll be talking about. In came Spanish Bob, as nobody is calling him, in goal. And no strikers. And that was interesting. And we'll get into the nitty gritty on that later on. We'll also talk about the match in general. And we'll talk about Lockdown 2, Electric Avenue. Sorry, that was a bit of a joke from our friend Ian. Um, and nice, um, well, nice words we've had this week from some of our listeners, including Wedge. Hello, Wedge, if you're listening. He was saying it's been excellent to, uh, to have the football community kept together with all, all such activities as the one we're doing here. Um, uh, we also had a quiz, didn't we, Robin, during the week, which you we did. did, yeah. Uh, a bunch of us on on WhatsApp, which is only my second Zoom quiz ever, actually. I've not posted um, the shirt to Josh yet. Actually, it's still in the same place where it was yes. the other night. Yes, Josh, who that is a the... it's a very it's a lovely 2002-2003 shirt, which I think was the season we finished second bottom of the championship. Yeah, it was a great year. <laughs> it was a great year, hence why I'm not that disappointed to be getting rid of that and creating some space in the wardrobe. 
indeed. And Josh, you mentioned of Together podcast fame, uh, won by half a point from, I think it was me and, and you, Tim Peter and, and David. Peter, yeah. yeah, so pretty good score. I mean, yeah. 39, 39 and a half out of 50 was the winning yeah. score. So that's yeah, pretty good. I thought it was an excellent quiz, perfectly weighted, I thought. And, oh, thank um, you. Yeah, it was it was really good fun. So we, we enjoyed that and gutted not to win. Um, Robin, of course, being the quiz champion himself from my own podcast here, um, which Andy, you Andy Bass, you also uh, part of, didn't you? I think you got a respectable score, better than I did, anyway. Well, I, yeah, thanks to getting Harry Redknapp on one guess. <laughs> that definitely helps. Points on the who is it round. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Without any further ado, should we get down to the nitty-gritty of the match? Um, the Spurs game finished 2-1, of course. Bale finally getting his first goal on his return for Spurs with the winner in the 75th, um, which gave Spurs the lead for the second time, having taken it in controversial circumstances earlier in the match. Um, well, we'll come into the, the, the details of the game in a minute, but first wanted to start by the run-up to the match, really. Um, Ian Graham Potter's midweek presser, which I think was on Thursday, if it's the usual day, um, he was described as being decidedly tetchy in his uh, in his manner. Um, guys, what, what did you make of that at the time? I mean, we obviously have a bit more of an idea now as to why that might have been, but uh, it, it looked at the time like it was just pressure getting to him a little bit after criticism over the West Brom game, didn't it? Yeah, I think um, the, it, it, it appeared initially from like the, the sort of most commented on bit of it was he was saying all oh, people expect us to win because we're Brighton and we were all kind of wondering well that wouldn't be Brighton fans because it was the last <laughs> thing we expect to do at the moment but after the the obvious frustration of the West Brom game um I just yeah you maybe thought that oh that is the is the pressure getting to them because you know they really did perform very badly in the in the second half and um I know West Brom up their game and Graham acknowledged that, that West Brom did, but I think we didn't cover ourselves in glory in that second half. And you just wondered whether, well, some of the earlier games we played that absolutely brilliant again, but against opponents we were probably not fancied to. And we'd have seen that as, um, you know, two points dropped. I mean, it felt like we lost. In fact, I, you know, I have to remind myself that we didn't, in fact, lose that game against West Brom. It was a was a draw, but it was a, it was our season in a microcosm. You know, missed chances and getting punished for the one, yeah, the one chance that we we sort of concede to the opposition. And um, mm. I, I can, you know, I can imagine. That there would have been a lot of unhappiness in the dressing in, in in you know in the dressing room afterwards, and, and quite rightly so. I mean, I, you know, and some of that, you know, frustration is understandable. And, and and to be honest, I think it's quite frankly a little bit welcome that you know they're starting to get annoyed by this now. Um, mm. And um, but yes, you know, from reports that have come out in recent days, um, it appears there may have been some other reasons for the. Yeah. Well, Robin, you're nodding along to the uh, comments there about uh, needing maybe a bit of a bit of a kick up the arse. Um, yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's, what, it's what, health. I mean, providing it's done in the right way, it's a, it's a healthy thing, isn't it? I mean, you don't want the squad 
I mean, naturally, I mean, us as fans, we're particularly irritated that we're playing well in the majority of games, creating chances and just not being able to hmm. put them away. I can imagine if you're actually involved in the squad on the pitch, that's going to be even more irritating that effectively... I mean, I don't know, obviously, we don't know what the, the base of the argument was, but there's a lot of players in the team who are doing their job very well, creating chances, you know, running the game, whatever it is. So it's, yeah, you want to see a bit of fire, don't you? I mean, I think that was one of the criticisms of the latter part of the Houghton era was that it all appeared to be a bit kind of apathetic. But actually, yeah. you, want, you want a bit of, obviously, you don't want it to boil over, but obviously, you, you want strong enough characters in the dressing room, which we referenced off air, I think we've probably got in Lalana, you know, someone who has been to the very top of the the game with England and, and Liverpool, etc. So you want players who are confident enough to call out teammates if they feel that they're not doing yeah. enough or they're doing the wrong thing. So yeah, yeah I think it's, it's, driving, it's positive in that regard. It's driving standards, not just in terms of potential play if you can up the game of players, but also in terms of the attitude, as you yeah. said. And um, I think that's absolutely essential. And I, I don't know, would you agree Andy Kay as well, same, same again in terms of it was, um, it was needed to shake things up a bit, one way or the other. Um, I'm not going to comment because I don't, um, I, I didn't have a look at the um, uh, uh, press conference. Um, mm. I have listened to several of his press conferences beforehand, and they're really quite dull. So I will have to figure <laughs> it out. I've just been a little bit busy with work and all that. Um, yeah, no worries. No so, worries. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll shut well, up. In terms of the lineups, um, it was interesting. Spurs lined up with a pretty much a 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, Lloris in goal, of course, Doherty at right, Reguillon at left back, um, Dyer and Hardeverot um, in centre back, the two holders, Sissoko and Hoiberg, who are very key to their, the way they play, I think, at the moment. Um, Lamella wide, um, Undumbali and um, Son further forward and Kane up top. We, according to Sky, at least, we're in a 3-4-3 formation. Um, we've already alluded to the what I was calling Spanish Bob, Robert Sanchez, who's come through our ranks, Spanish national, um, who's, uh, yeah, who's sort of escalated his way into the first team there um, rather unexpectedly. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, we'll talk about the selections in a minute, but just to go through the rest of the team. Um, the centre-back three were Webster Veltman for his second successive start in the absence of Dunk and Byrne. We had Lamptey wide right and March wide left, White and Basuma central with um, Lalana Trossard and Grosh in the further forward roles. Um, what did you make of the lineup, guys? I mean, obviously Sanchez was a surprise. Um, we now know that uh, Ryan was, well, it seems that Ryan was dropped. Um, as far as we know, there's no injuries. Um, what did you make of that? And what did you make of the lack of a striker? Because I know there was a lot of people not happy at all to see that not only don't we have many strikers in our squad, but uh, we didn't have any at all in the starting lineup, unless you count the likes of Trossard, who are not conventionally known as such. Well, I think, I think from the comments over, over the previous weeks, um, uh, Potter's been trying to sort of rebrand players like Trossard and Johan Batch as potential strikers or people that can fill that that role. Yeah. Um, and as you know, as much as I, I, I think Potter's done such a, a great job, I, I, I don't share his optimism in that in that regard. I think hmm. it was a surprise, and I, and I think um, as we get on to talk about the game itself, I think it it definitely limited 
it definitely limited what we could do on the pitch. Um, I, but although, you know, more, more pay and Connolly were left out, which is the big, you know, both left out of the squad completely, which certainly flummoxed everybody. But I would have expected, even if that was the case, we'd, we'd start well back or give Sakiri a chance. I just, I just thought it just seemed a vaguely negative thing to do. Um, but obviously he had his reasons for for making that selection. But I, I don't think it helped. To be honest, I don't think it helped the team um, in the initial part of the game at all, which um, I found quite surprising. I mean, also the the you know the fact that Alzate wasn't making it into the into the middle of the pitch, still preferring to play Ben White in that mm. role. Um, again, is a little bit surprising to me, but obviously you know the Caesar players in training, but I think Alzate's performed really well this this season, and there's just a little bit more fizz about about the middle with with him in it. Um, not to sort of denigrate White's role, I think he looks very comfortable with the ball coming forward. In fact, he was he was actually pretty good in this game, but he is a centre half, and hmm. um, I just thought, yeah, so you had centre half playing in midfield, and you had a midfielder playing up front. It, it tends to not go great when you don't play people when they're in that natural positions. Indeed, yeah, and Robin, you're you're clearly uh, agreeing with that as well. I mean, you yeah. you haven't been over keen on White being in midfield, have you? I mean, I, no, I, think I he, haven't. I mean, I he think can play there, but he can yeah. play there. But I mean, I think Andy's right. He is basically he's a centre half who's very comfortable on the ball, bringing it out in mm. the kind of way that we've been used to dunk and to an extent Webster doing. And you know, Alzate and Basuma were looking like they were going to be forming a pretty pretty neat central midfield partnership. And I think you need. You need the invention, the kind of Alzate's got a bit of that. The only way I can describe it is kind of that X factor where he, you, you feel like he's capable of doing something slightly different or something unexpected, where you feel like White will be quite predictable in that role, but will do it very well. I feel like you need, you need Alzate charging around the pitch. I mean, the lack of a striker is just baffling i mean to be honest my personal opinion is there's no point set i mean why bother if you're not going to pick a striker yeah because essentially all you're saying is we're going to try and hold them you know then our game plan is probably we're going to try and hold them to nil nil and then potentially give it a go in the last half an hour but i mean it's it's one of the few times i think where potter has got it very wrong and the only other time was really old trafford last season i think was a similar one where he just got the. I mean, in that case, that was the approach rather than the, the selection. But yeah, I just thought, what's? The, yeah. I mean, he obviously Spurs are the top scorers in the division. You can understand why he wanted to be a bit more, um, you know, defensive perhaps. But just not picking a striker is bonkers. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean the getting, irony, getting... The irony, oh sorry, sorry, yeah. go on, Andy. Go on. The, I mean, the irony was it didn't really stymie our, our forward, our our transitional play. We still moved the ball very comfortably from our 18-yard box to their 18-yard box. And then again, it was very, very nice to watch. But without that focal point in the middle, there, was, there, were, there were a lot fewer chances, um, a lot fewer um, serious attempts on goal. And really, Trossard's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the decisions, but really... That, only that one intervention where he was fouled um, 
you know, much to the indifference of the officials. Um, it just it just seemed like, well, this is great, but th but then what? Quite often, Trossard would be the man out on the on the right, looking to cross it into oh himself. I you know, <laughs> it, it it just seemed to it just seemed to nullify the good the good work that the the, the build up play. Yeah, and I just what I found myself thinking was, can you imagine the reaction if Chris Hewton had picked that team? Mm. Would have been yeah. people would have yeah. been fuming. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, actually, I actually watched it at, at the uh, at the Amex, at the, uh, the the screening at the Amex, which was um, very oh, well. Right. Okay, that was very well done, and had a very nice pre-match entertainment from uh, Andy Rollins, uh, Alan Mullery, and Bob Booker. Um, that, that sort of got the crowd livened up. So it was quite a good atmosphere in there, but I sort of. I just didn't find out what the what, what the, t the team was until until I arrived, and everyone was just saying, "Don't know why we bother turning up tonight." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll have to ask you about that in a moment. Actually, about the well, actually, I'll ask you now. So, was it hospitality area? I'm presuming. Yeah, it was the, yeah. yeah, it was the Mayo in Baxter Lounge, so the big, oh, yeah. the big central, one of the big central hmm. lounges, and um, yeah, you just basically had a table and then just table service and. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was really nicely done, and it was just a good chance to see a couple of to see a few good friends that I haven't seen for a long time, and probably won't see for a long time still. So um, that was yeah. the main, that was the main reason for going, to be honest, rather than the match. Yeah. Well, it's like the football in general, isn't it? It's about the social side as, as much as anything else. Um, just on the lineups, then Andy. I mean, if I bring in the other Andy now at the moment. Um, in, in terms of that lineup, and you've, it's got to be a curiosity, hasn't it? I'm not having a striker on players out of position. Obviously, we've got the question mark about is there a, an injury situation or even a COVID situation that we haven't yet found out about? So you've always got that going into the game, haven't you? But were you pretty alarmed by that lineup as well, or do you um, think it was tactically astute in the earlier stages, perhaps, to do that? Uh, I'm not so sure I'd necessarily call it tactically astute. I mean, I, I might take a slightly different tack to what's been taken um, because in retrospect, it doesn't seem as barking as it did at the outset because um, perhaps in contrast to others, I, I thought we played pretty well. We had a good mm. game. Um, I've agreed with pretty much everything the other end has said apart from the fact that he said that the West Brom game was like a microcosm of our season, because I thought that was about, I mean, you can point the finger at the Everton performance, but the, the second half, as you pointed out, Andy, um, was we were just awful in that second half. And um, despite the fact that we did have Mope there, the ball didn't stick up top. I mean, he was dreadful in that game. He really was. Mm. Um, uh, and, um, as you've said, Andy, um, for some reason, Potter seems to think that Trossard and Jahan Batch are forwards. They're not what I'd call... I, I think that you need to play um, uh, what I'd call an out-and-out -out striker, of which I think no, Mope, um, Welbeck, and I'm pretty sure Zakiri would fit in there. I'm not quite sure that Connolly can quite do the job up top on his own he can do it with um another around him 
Um, but you've got to have one of those players. I mean, you talked about a kind of focal point um, and Trossard just isn't that player for me. I, mm. I know Barcelona played with a false nine or whatever, Messi is a false nine, but, um, uh, you know, you're talking about um, some of the best players in the world um, kind of implementing that, that system for a very, very precise mm. reason. Um, so... Um, I take Andy's point that the, the game didn't start that well for us. But I think once we went behind, um, I thought we started playing really well, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, not that we created an awful lot of opportunities, which, again, is, you know, this... I suppose there's two things that are really concerning me at the moment. I'm not calling for Potter's head. I don't think necessarily we're going to go down. I've just said that... Um, I mean, we might come down to um, Premier League predictions. Um, but there are two things that really concern me. When we play well um, or play well in phase of the game, we're not creating enough chances um, and we're not scoring goals. The, the other of which is um, we tend to have a mistake in us and um, our opposition are very good at punishing us for that yeah. mistake. Um, and... We, we had a few very good players during the game. Um, Lamptey, obviously. I thought Basuma had a great game. Um, uh, I, I really like Webster. The, the way in which he carried the ball forward was just sensational, I thought, in that game. But um, if we're talking about mistakes in the game, I mean, we might want to speak about the referee, for instance. Oh, um, yeah. But, um, I have a quick word on but, that one. But um, I think... Basim's clearance was, I mean, he had two attempts at it and couldn't get it outside the penalty box. Um, hmm. So, um, yeah. But having and said fact, that, he had, he had a great game. Yeah, I was going to say, in fact, Webster, even uh, much as he did play well, did actually have some mistakes in him again in yeah. this match, as we'll, we'll get he, to was as he, well. Did he lose? Was he, was he, he, should he, he have been marking bail? Yeah, yeah, he lost yeah. bail. Yeah, he's hundred percent to blame for that one. Yeah. yeah, he just it was ball watching, which we've mentioned before. Um, unfortunately, it's his weakness. He does not all the time, but occasionally switch off, and it's costly at this level, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, well, just going through some of the early stuff leading up to the goal. I mean, Veltman, who I thought had a really good game. Um, I he think he's played well in both games, actually. In both games, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into analysing him in more detail. But at the beginning of the game, he got an important touch in in just the third minute. There was um, a dangerous-looking um, cross-field attack. Cut, cut something out, slowed the attack down, led to the attack petering out, which was nice. Um, there were some good early touches from Grosh. Uh, sixth minute, Sanchez tipped over from Reguillon's shot. Uh, that was where Webster didn't close down, actually. That was where I thought he should have done better with that. Um, seventh minute... And Dombele um, got booked um, for yellow card, uh, got a yellow card for uh, the Tariq foul, um, who, as, as we've mentioned, had a good game, Tariq. And he really, uh, I think, was probably my man of the match as the game wore on. Um, those were the early scenarios. And then, of course, we got to the 11th minute and Kane fouled Lalana, as the way I'm wording it. <laughs> That's exactly um, what happened. Yeah. On the edge of the box. Um, the ref initially gave a free kick to them. Um, and then, of course, on review, he decided it was a foul, uh, but it was in the area as well. And it wasn't, he got it wasn't the ref that decided. It was John Moss, who was the VAR yeah. adjudicator. Oh, sorry. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. It was Moss. Yeah. He was always an excellent ref. <clears throat> sorry about that. Something stuck in my throat. Uh, <laughs> so 
well, I'll, I'll put it over to you guys. So, I mean, first of all, let's say Robin. Um, what did you What did you think of that? Well, I mean, and, Andy B is right. I mean, it, it's it was a foul, but it wasn't a foul the way it was given. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. And and Andy, agreements on that one, Andy K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no. It's, it's barely worth talking about anymore because to me well, it was so obvious. Um, and then, you, and then what... the thing is, is that it, to me it, it wasn't clear and obvious that he'd made a mistake. And if he's going to give it as a foul for Spurs, hmm. it's not clear and obvious that he's made a mistake that it's outside versus inside the box. You see what I mean? I thought the thing was supposed to be, if you've got to look at it, you know, hmm. for however long to work out that there's a toenail inside the box, then. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm simply astonished by by the officiating on. On Sunday, and for me, it's the, it's the straw that, that's broken the, the camel's back now because I just think VAR is 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 ruining the game as a spectacle. And um, you know, being a ref is a difficult job, and like in real time, as you're running up and down trying to keep up with play and stuff, you're going to make some mistakes. I can live with that. What I can't live with is someone looking at a monitor and clearly adjudicating something that is completely opposite to what he's actually looking at. When, you know, Kane has, mm. has, has fouled Lallana outside the box. I mean, even, even when they fell on the ground, like, you could barely, Kane barely got his elbows in, in the, in the yeah. area. And I what mean, I actually think, when I was looking at it, what I actually think he was looking at when he went to the screen, I think he was purely checking to see whether it was inside the box. I don't think he was actually looking to see whether they'd got mm. the original foul correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I wasn't Graham Scott scared. didn't look at the screen for that incident. Oh, no, he didn't, did he? We, we may oh, no, well come back to another incident. I mean, uh, uh, I did think that the, the incident took place actually um, on the line of the penalty area, which is technically a penalty um so it's not that that uh, well Lalana was nowhere near so yes Kane's feet maybe I, I mean I haven't looked at the, the that it that closely but Adam Lalana doesn't get anywhere near the penalty box he's jumping for the ball Harry Kane is not looking to play the ball at any point in that in that section of play Correct. in fact yeah. it's clear on the replay yeah. he turns around he sees where Lalana is and he just literally Sticks his thing. Lalana had his eye on the ball and Kane didn't. Yeah, yeah um, simple as that. And he looked back twice, in fact. Um, yeah, and, and a second glance. And it, well. and it transpires he does this all the time. As a, you yeah. know, the social media yeah. is able to furnish us with many similar incidents where basically he's endangering players that are in the air because, you know, you can get injured when you come down on a fall. Yeah. Quite frankly, on. I mean, and I, I'm absolutely furious with Harry Kane, and I just the way he gets indulged mm. by yeah, uh, the well, oh, fact. Ball. I mean, we, we might golden come on to his ball. massive dive as well. Oh yes, yes, well, so I yes, think I will be coming on to that. I certainly want to come on to that because I agree with Andy. I'm I'm furious about it. Actually, I'm more angry later than I was at the time. The more I thought about it, and because, the thing is, he doesn't. He's such a good player that he doesn't need to be doing stuff like that either. No, and he needs yeah. he needs calling out, and referees yeah. need to spot it. It's it's really weird how some players get some reputation for something so yeah, yeah. Aaron Connolly like, oh he's never going to get a penalty unless someone literally decapitates yeah. him yeah. 
Um, but Harry Kane, Harry Kane, because he's the golden boy, it's obviously he's the one that's yeah. going to... 100% agree with yeah, you. And he had the temerity to complain about the uh, the disallowed or the non-disallowed equaliser later in the game. Uh, we could have suffered a... Got right. Yeah. Well, there's, there could have been a, a triple whammy there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to come back to your comment in a minute. I did hear you. <laughs> I was going to say it's a bit, but it could have been a triple whammy there because, first of all, he's won a penalty he wasn't entitled to. Secondly, um, our guy could have got injured in that game um, and then been out. And he was... You know, we all know is one of our best players, if not the best player. And thirdly, if he was injured, he could have been injured seriously and it could have been out for a number of games. So it could have not only affected this game twice in two different ways, but also our later matches, uh, crucial games that we got coming up. There is a lot could have, but the point is, he's going to injure someone, isn't he, doing that eventually? If he keeps doing that, backing his arse into people, they go flying up in the air because they're already airborne when the, when the connection But it happens. should be, I mean, I, I know we sometimes come back to it, but it's the kind of rugby description, which is, it should be eyes on the ball. You've got to be looking at, if you're yeah. if you're just not trying to challenge and you're deliberately just getting in the way of someone who is legitimately challenging for the ball, that yeah. is dangerous. Yeah, he's, not, only had his he's eyes. not trying to win, the, he's not trying to win win the ball. He's not trying to play the ball at all. No, he's, he's just planting himself he, and just said, I'm, this is where I'm standing. He's, t- yeah. he's taking the other player out and making sure that he's only trying to get he's, only, he's only glanced he's only glanced at the ball briefly in order to see when it was going to land so that he, yeah, so he can be in the right spot yeah. he spent more time looking behind as i said he had two glances back at lalana he backed into lalana stuck his ass out which um depending on whether there was a connection with lalana's right inside knee with kane or not may have de- debated on on where the the, the the foul as they thought it was had taken place but for me it looked like Kane's arse going into Lalana's um sort of airborne body was where the actual connection took place from what I could tell and actually you could understand if that was if we're talking pre-VAR yeah you could understand a bit more that being given as a foul because if the referee's looking at that in real time he's not got all the Mm. angles he could go fine I've got that wrong but if you've got VAR who are supposed to be looking at it from have many 15 different angles they can see who's you know they can see where the ball is who's looking at the ball it's even more sort of indefensible that you've got technology looking at that and then coming to totally the wrong conclusion yeah yeah i mean even if you look at it just from the neutral point of view we can always accuse ourselves or be accused of having rose uh, tinted or in this case blue and white tinted specs on but if you look at look at the reactions of others, um, you've got uh, the Match of the Day crew, Lineker, who's a Spurs affiliate, very strongly, uh, Stephen Warnock, Simon Francis, Jermaine Beckford, countless other pros I've heard this week on podcasts and on TV. All of the journos I've heard discuss the matter, um, podcast presenters, and every Spurs fan I've conversed with, except for Ollie, actually, who, by the way, um, was hoping to have come on the show tonight. Unfortunately, he couldn't join us. Um, I agree, and I think he agrees with us on most of the issues. He actually did think it was a penalty. Um, but well, it's a good thing. He's the only person I've spoken to who <laughs> did think that, apart from... Apart from, yeah, <laughs> it could have been around. Apart from Dermot Gallagher, I was going to say. But one of my issues I've got is actually that Dermot Gallagher, I think, is generally quite reasonable in the way he tries to explain stuff on Ref Watch on Sky. But ultimately, he is a um, a symptom of of what there is, which is a referees union. And I think in terms of the inact in action situations that go on where referees back each other up on their decisions and where they back each other up afterwards in press, uh, Peter Walton when he's doing his stuff for BT they won't tend to go against what the referee's done because they sympathise with how difficult the job can be. 
and they they, they just go along with it. They say, and it's well, point, you know, it's, it's pointless being a segment. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's just, like it's just what referees watch is yeah, yeah. It? I can. It was a difficult decision. I can see why you made it. It's like yeah. thanks. I could have. Well, I could have given you that. Think, all of those people I've listed are ex-players, and they they all think it was it was a foul the other way. Lalana should have had the free kick. So the ex-pros all think that, and they've played the game. These refs haven't, not to that level at least. Surely that, um, that, that tells you all you need to know. Andy Kay, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm not sure you did. No, you oh, didn't I? Or was it Andy B? It might have been Andy B. Sorry, Andy um, B. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I think if we hadn't had any replays and they'd just given the, given the free kick, I don't think we'd be moaning about it at the time. We may have bitched about it later once, we, once we'd seen a replay. But um, because that's what it's like on the pitch. That's, you know, that's football and, you know, the referees can't get everything right. But, but they had the TV replay to look at. They had the different angles. You could see what Harry Kane was plotting. Uh, and, the, and no point was he interested in... If you're not interested in getting the ball, then that's it, you you're not involved in the play. It's like you are, you know, you're, you're just disrupting. You've taken yeah. yourself out of the game. Um, it's, it's just infuriating. And, 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 and you know, if, if any referee can sit there with a straight face and tell me that Adam Lallana impeded Harry Kane, then yeah. quite frankly, what are they, you know, what are they doing? And, I mean, I'm not. I'm trying not to be too cynical about it, but let's say that that's a challenge at the other end of the. Well, let's say that's a challenge at the other end of the pitch, and it's more paying Alderweireld. There's not a chance that we're getting a penalty for that. No, no exactly. It's it's big six all over again. It's getting very very boring. And in terms of uh, VAR, I'm agreeing with you, Andy B, that you're saying yeah, you, it's the straw that's broken the camel's back. I completely agree with you. I was pro VAR, or at least a concept of a form of VAR where it could help. Blatant decisions like yeah, the Bernie well. penalty that was, you know, that we, <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> um, yeah, the Bernie penalty scenario where you know the blatant handball they got at the other end and score that we had the previous season, and and decisions like that, offsides against Cardiff and so on, but it's not the blatant obvious stuff that's getting overturned. It's micromanaging, micro scrutinising of offsides. It's it's interpretive interpretative stuff. It's. It's, it's ambiguous scenarios. It's backing up. It's just really another outlet for the referees to continue to do what they do in normal action, you, which is to video-assisted make... howlers instead of... Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's just escalated the problem. It's just enlarged the same problem, hasn't it? That's all it's yeah. done. So unless they do something about that instantly, I've had it with the AR. I'm, I'm 100% against it now because you could, you could accept to a point the slowing down of the game possibly maybe there's an argument for that i think too many slowdowns for too long but if you're going to have that and you're not even going to get the right result at the end of it then what is the bloody point i mean to me i i when when they started having to draw lines on screens to work out who's offside i just thought when when it's geometry deciding it it's just as much as you might go yeah actually you know when we've looked at it for two minutes we can come to the right decision but at what cost I know they're if it's saying like it's about an armpit offside or you know whatever yeah. it is, a part of the body that you can't even score with legitimately is offside. And I mean on, on two counts I agree. Firstly, I think 
sometimes they're not getting those decisions right or there's the debate about the, fr the frame rate and everything else, but they're not getting the decisions definitively correct. That in itself is an issue. But even if they are, they're spending so long scrutinizing it to get what they think are the right decisions that it is to the detriment of the game. And but how many, such, like how many phases are you allowed to go back? That's yeah. why I'm not sure. I don't know. Because we had that one last season, West Ham at home, where yeah. Dan Byrne would rule, where it was Trossard that scored, wasn't it? And eventually Dan Byrne's, I think Dan Byrne was ruled to be out of play, I think, when he crossed it. No, it wasn't. He was offside. He was offside. Was he offside? That one wasn't a long phase of play. There was one that there was a really long phase of play last season, I think after lockdown, um, where didn't the ball go out? Or something along those lines for a throw. Oh yes, my oh, yeah, memory isn't working that well. No, you're right. It, I can't remember what game it was. Oh, that was was that Man United? Yeah, I think yes, it was. it was. Yeah, Man United. Exactly, it yeah. was Man United at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it ended up, yeah, ended up leading to their to a goal, didn't it? Yeah, which yeah. they didn't check. Well, the, the final thing on the penalty incident, um, but just to quote Afna Koku, who was doing the. Sky commentary, which I listened, I watched uh, the, the replay, the rerun of. Um, Sky are doing that, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know. They're running the game later as live. So if you do want to catch the match afterwards, listen to the commentary or do something illegal. And then uh, you can watch the game back properly later. Um, but Okoku said, Harry Kane had no intention of playing that ball. That was one quote. He also said, um, it's, it's, uh, it's not approaching what oh, I can't read my own writing there he said it was a generous penalty anyway um and you know that just sums it up doesn't it really um but going on to the rest of the half I mean there was a few other things to mention there um first of all Albion started to play quite well after that goal as we've already alluded to um Basuma started to come into his own a bit um he had a shot from range it was charged down at source but it was you know it was a good attack Veltman um he came into his own a little bit as well. And there was also um, some more key interceptions from him. Um, I think he, he also cut out a, a, what was looking like a dangerous probing pass around the 19th, 20th minute. Uh, then Ndombele fouled Lamptey again, uh, out of interest, just mentioning that one. Um, on, <laughs> should have been on <laughs> a, short, um, a short fuse there. Um, 20th minute, Webster gave the ball away to Son. This was the first of the mistakes I thought Webster really made. It could have led to a dangerous attack just down on Spurs attacking left side. Um, thankfully, it petered out. He did track back to help cover, but um, essentially Son wasted it by just ballooning it over from miles out. Um, but Albion continued to probe as the half went, went on. Uh, Trossard was then fouled by Doherty in the 23rd minute, which brings us to our second major incident, one which wasn't dwelt on a huge amount by the media. Um, in fact, irritatingly little, considering how much fuss they made about our later equaliser. Um, they did talk about the penalty, to be fair, quite a bit, the, the Kane one. But this this Trossard-Dotti incident, um, well, VAR said no. Um, it did, well, didn't go to the monitor again, did it? Um, the quote again from the commentary was, if he's still looking... Um, no, I can't read my writing again. This is not good. <laughs> um, but essentially, he's, oh, yeah, that's right. He said if he's still looking, um, he's still pulling him, um, even a microsecond after the ball has been played, then it should be given as a penalty. That's what Koku said uh, for, as, as an ex-player. That's his opinion. Um, what had happened, essentially, was Dotti had, had pulled the player back, Trossard, as he was trying to advance in the centre-forward position. Uh, his one moment of looking like a centre-forward in the game, fully and out, out and out. Um, he was pulled back. 
it checked his run, it checked his, his angle and his rate of run, which to me has already impeded the play, yeah. even, to be honest, before the ball was played, uh, in my opinion, but especially because it had just been played. Um, subsequently, he couldn't get to it. Would he have got to it? Maybe, maybe not. The point is, if he'd been pulled back, you've deprived him of the opportunity to find out. For me, it was a clear-cut penalty. Andy B, would you agree? You'll not be surprised to hear that, yes, I agree entirely <laughs> with that. Um, and again, there's like, what is a, what is a foul now? What, what is the definition? Trossard, on Trossard, Shawai, apparently. Trossard, Trossard is trying to go to get the ball in a scoring position. His run is, inter- is impeded by the guy's arms on the, you know, around him and on his shoulder. He breaks free, but by then the but the ball ball is gone. He's gone to the ground. Um, it's it's clearly a, it's clearly a foul. Um, I I mean I just I just don't understand. I just I just really don't. Um, you know, especially you know when you consider that you know we can see the a penalty at at um, Palace for Batshuayi falling over into the back of Lamptey. Um, and we don't get one for that where, where Trossard is running forward and he's held back. It's, it, you know, the, the defender did enough to stop him getting a good go at the ball. Of course, it's a penalty. It's, yeah. it, and, and once again, you have the benefit of, you know, in, maybe in real time, the referee thinks, oh, he's just gone to the ground a bit, bit too easily there. But, but we have the benefit of hindsight. We have the benefit of the video replay. You can see it. And you can rectify yeah. it, but you choose not to. VAR is meant to arrive at the correct decision. It just isn't. It's just pointless. It is just pointless. And they raced Great. through the VAR, didn't they? they yeah. Are, yeah, Robin agrees. Yeah, I mean, they didn't spend any time scrutinising no, it at all I mean, compared with our equaliser. Obviously, I agree. Penalty. I mean, not even worthy of discussion beyond that. It's a penalty. But my issue with VAR, one of many, before it kicked off, was that there were going to be a lot of incidents in the game where even when it went to VAR, it was still going to be subjective. And mm. fouls are one of those where there are a lot of... there. Obviously, there are fouls where even when it goes to VAR, you go, how did the referee miss that? That's clearly a foul and it's overturned and it's given as a penalty. But there are others like this where some referees are in the habit of giving these types of fouls as penalties routinely and some aren't. And when those referees who aren't in the habit of doing it are the VAR official, despite what they're going to see, if they're in the habit of not giving that, they're not going to give it even as a VAR official. Hmm. That's my take on it. I just think there is a lot of fouls that are kind of what you might say, not 50-50, but kind of a grey area, not clearly a penalty and not clearly not, if that's... Confused yeah. everyone with that, but you know what I mean. Um, oh, you, so I think you've expressed the referee's confusion and the referee's position, yeah, quite eloquently there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's the issue with the, with a lot of those, particularly when it comes to penalty incidents. That there's a lot that aren't clear cut, and VAR by its nature isn't going to automatically correct those because you're still beholden to the opinion of the VAR official. Yeah. I, I think I think yeah. you you've you've made a really important point there, Robin. Um, and I am going to depart from the the majority view here. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that that was a penalty. Uh, I think contained within what you've just said, Robin. 
Um, some referees would give it and some referees wouldn't. Um, it might be a concession towards what I'm saying. Um, uh, but what I just find strange, I think you're so right to say that certain de decisions are ultimately going to be subjective. Uh, you need, you know, the rules are there. You need to interpret the rules um, and people are going to interpret them slightly differently. What I just find odd is, um, and we haven't come on to one, there were three big incidents, I would say, during that match. Um, and um, one of them, the referee goes back to have a look at the screen, which is what I think they should do. Yeah, and that was the one he got wrong. Yeah. Badly wrong. Whereas on our two ones, he doesn't go and have a look at the screen. Um, yeah. And which you know what, what you're saying about John Moss. I mean, John John Moss. You know, he wasn't he wasn't looking whether it's a foul. He was looking at whether it's a penalty or not on the yeah. Lalanda Kane incident. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. He's he's got caught up in just thinking. Yeah, one, which is what I mean. I think you you've got no. I don't think there's anyone that would argue against goal line technology because it's in. Well, I, I was going to say beyond that absolutely. Villa Sheffield United game. Because it's an absolute mm. thing. There's no judgment. The ball, yeah, and it's and it's instant, it's basically. So long as someone turns the system on, it's instant. Um, <laughs> offside, that, you can have the, a, system, the system was on for that Villa Sheffield United goal. Um, it didn't. Whatever, just being slightly malfunctioned. It, it was um, because of a chance combination of events. Camera angles, that, was it? Um, the, um, the yeah, goal line technology didn't pick up. Just on couldn't it, spot it. Which yeah. They said it was one in, it's the only time in 10,000 games or something that's happened. Either way, yeah. I think everyone is on board with the idea that that is instant. You know, it's no, no argument with it. Offside, you can, you can argue about whether it takes too long having to draw lines on the screen to get to the right decision. But again, that's kind of fairly black and white when you get there, whether it takes you ages or not. Red cards and fouls, or red cards and penalty incidents, to me, I don't think you can really use technology for those, for the point that we've just made before. Yeah. Subjectivity comes into it too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I take a slightly different view. I'm quite happy if the referee goes back and has another look at the screen. Um, uh, what we had last season, I, I thought was disastrous. Um Hmm. Uh, which is effectively the referee makes the decision and then some idiot like John Moss um, looking at screens decides to overturn it for whatever reason. Um, uh, I actually think that VAR's worked a little bit better this season, although, um, uh, you know, given some of the major incidents in our recent games, I mean, um, as indicated that, that Batchfire penalty was the worst of the laws. Um, really was, but um, yeah, there were there were some. Again, that wasn't scrutinised much, was yeah. it? There were, no, some, there, really. yeah. Well, there were some shockers in that last game, and I, I think Graham Scott hasn't been selected to be a referee in the next round of games. Um, right. Well, we've got Mike Dean on Friday night. Yes, so yeah. So what? It's going to be particularly uneventful. <laughs> Let's well, hope I, Dale Stevens. I think, I think Mike Dean's yeah. actually been all right in the. No, I agree. Has, yeah. Since the yeah, if he can, if he can pull out his red card for Dale Stevens again this time correctly, that would yeah. be. 
<laughs> um, uh, I, I remember being. I remember being at Swansea. I think it was because it was the first, the first game uh, where he had refed us since then. Oh yes, this was we won one nil on a dire yeah, Glenn Murray style. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a. Yeah, I'm surprised I can remember I was there because it was a really unforgettable game. Tammy Abram having a strop, thinking, "What am I doing here?" For Swansea, and then um, and we and us labouring to a to a one nil win, which we barely hung on to in the last minute from a big shot that <laughs> went onto the crossbar. But Dean refereed that game fairly well, and um, and he was warming up in front of the Albion fans before <laughs> the match and seemed to t- take the stick in good humour. And to be honest, I one or two decisions aside, I don't think I've walked away from a game that he's refed us. No, since I think he's been, yeah, he has been, he's been curious. very good since. And actually, yeah. I think he was in the games that we had before the odd game that he refereed us before that. He was, I mean, he's, he's one of the best, isn't he? To be honest, as I much as he's a character good. and he likes to be the center of attention, generally, he's a pretty good ref. Although, I think he was the ref for that crazy Burnley Bournemouth game that you mentioned, wasn't it? Where there was a penalty not given at one end, and then you know, there were, there a, was, few, think, yeah. Yeah. There were a few sort of there were three incidents in one that revolved in a goal going the other way anyway yeah well Burnley well, come out of well come out well of that incident again yeah oh mm, interesting lovely so that that, that proves uh, things are going to be great for the weekend doesn't it wonderful uh, well i say weekend it's before weekend our match pretty much isn't it is it 5 30 um, or something ludicrous? on friday, yeah. friday. Oh, at least we can get yeah. we can get the one nil defeat out of the way and then mope for the rest of the weekend <laughs> It won't ruin the whole weekend because it'll be no, in the distance be halfway through. Yeah. So. yeah, well, just just going back to the game then. So, I mean, in terms of the um, the rest of the first half, there was some good play from us. I think, um, especially one move down the right hand side, Lana did a one-two with Grosh, and then um, set up Tarek Lamptey for a one-two as well. As Lana received it the last time round, uh, his flick was intercepted. Unfortunately, it was looking like a good move. There was a few others similar. We won a second corner of the game. Um, interestingly, I, I know that um, Grosh was taking the, the corners and um, what well, out swingers basically from the right hand side, and Soddy was doing the same on the left hand side. But what we were doing was putting them into the box rather than doing the short corners that we've been doing in the previous games, um, which was oh, especially the Palace match, which was um, interesting. Um, Decent balls into the box, to be honest. We just didn't make enough of them, yeah. I think. Um, again, a lack of height that's been mentioned. I think, Andy Kay, you've, you've flagged that one up in the past. Um, and obviously, um, well, without Dunk well, being well, there as well, well now. Well, we're on that, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, what I've noticed, I think think you're quite right um, to say that kind of March, March and Grove were both taken out swinging corners. Mm. But I think you'll find in the Premier League, there's an awful lot more in-swing corners with um, uh, um, the teams loading the six yard box and mm. I'm wondering if that might be part of the explanation for the Sanchez move and uh, um, I suppose we need to speak about Sanchez at some point as well yeah we'll, we'll have a rundown um, on him in a bit but yeah you might be right also I mean Spurs are bad at defending set pieces I think um, I think behind us, I think they're the next worst. So you can see why we looked at it as a target for possible a possible outlet where we do. So, I mean, I'm always baffled to an extent that we do that we don't score more from corners because, in theory, all the ingredients are there. We've got decent set piece takers. I mean, you can include McAllister in that. You've got Alana. 
you know, we've got well, the, the Gre- large, Gre- we've got Gre- the tallest Gre- player Gre- in the division. Gross is about as good as they get in terms of. Yeah, I mean, to say Gross is, I was thinking the other day that Gross has got double the number of Premier League assists for us that anybody else has got. I mean, what what I won't buy is is that Dan Burns good in the air because he he just quite clearly isn't. No, he's not. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit down on his continued selection. uh, Yeah, I am as well. I was a bit. I I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, not to dwell. I mean, he did a good job initially at. Uh, at left back, but I think we can most of well, I think hopefully we'll all agree he's not a left back or a left wing back. But mm. um, the moment at which I mean, we started the season on fire, we we're absolutely brilliant. And the moment at which um, there was a thread on North Stand chat about this, and I, I think I can't remember who the poster was, whoever said this, I think it's probably right. The moment at which we kind of lost our mojo a little bit was when Potter brought Byrne back, um, which seemed to be to try to deal with aerial threats from set pieces. I mean, especially defensively yeah. on, on our behalf. Um, and it's that that kind of um, led his dropping from I, I didn't think it was that early. One of their early goals came from him giving the ball away. But most of their goals came players giving the ball away. So it's strange that he hasn't played since um, coming back from a long flight. To- yeah, I mean, I think the best that we've looked is where we've had Lamptey on the right and March on the left as as wing-backs with pace on both sides. Um, And I think March is very, he's very, very suited to that wing-back role, actually, which I think we've talked about on one of the previous episodes, which is where where there isn't the expectation on him from from an attacking point of view. He actually looks more of an attacking threat when you're not expecting it from him. Yeah. No, agreed. Think... Although um, I do note that it looked like quite a nasty injury. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering how long he's going to be out for, effectively. But... Well, we'll wait for the Albion to say that it's just a niggle and then yeah. we'll expect him back sometime in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he turned his ankle. It might just be a, a, a twist. It could be a sprain. We don't really know yet. We'll have to find out but he was he has been playing well yeah i think we definitely need the balance i think you need the balance yeah on both sides you, that those two if bring you, if you chuck um but as you Bernardo said Bernardo, well. he's really not going to work bernardo's been struggling hasn't he yeah he has well, really he, shadow he, this form he, he, he looked he, he really looked poor i thought he's yeah. regressed i mean remarkably. i don't know how much that is confidence related i, I think a lot be, probably he, i think when he was playing well he didn't really get the chances he deserved um for one reason or another Maybe that's I mean, we've question. talked about it. What game was it where Josh yeah. we've talked about it? What game was it? Uh, was it the season, cup game? Was it the yeah, one I think of the? It might have been. Andy, yeah, B, probably one of those. This is uh, one of our friends hosts the Together podcast, and I think it was in that. It was in one of the cup games, and he tweeted something about Bernardo. It was the Portsmouth game, I think. Bernardo yeah, missed. It's the one Bernardo missed scored later chance. on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. he tweeted, but basically tweeted like, "How on earth did Bernardo miss that?" Something, something, something. And Bernardo messaged him after the game on Twitter, having scored or and being in a good mood and reading yeah, suddenly and all this negative stuff. Yeah, and basically said, "I want, I want, uh, let's have a, let's have a phone call now." <laughs> and basically phoned him up and was 
kind of basically berating him and saying that you know the players actually read all these comments and it's not particularly helpful if if fans are being negative etc and you think as much as you can understand that on the flip side of it it kind of displayed a bit of a maybe a bit of a thin skin or a bit of a lack of confidence which is clearly you can see in his performances at the moment yeah it's yeah. a shame it is a shame he's um yeah he was such an exciting player and yeah, well, let's just hope. Let's just hope that March is going to be okay. That's that's all yeah. we can say on that yeah. one. Um, um, one thing I was going to mention about in terms of fullbacks, yeah. Carrick's obviously made a big impression. Right. And I think he's, he's, he's. I was going to say he's he's linking up well, Tariq, with Lalana. I think there's a good understanding developing between them, uh, and also they linked up well yeah. with Grosh in this game. I thought, um, you know, there's some good interplay. There's a lot of decent stuff coming down the right hand yeah. side, and there was another one too. Uh, other than the one I've mentioned already. Um, there was a move where Tariq um, laid in, um, I think it was Lalana for Grosh. Grosh cut inside and Marsh couldn't quite get it. Marsh couldn't get it properly to, uh, to Trossard. So there's a few things like that going on. Um, there was another good move after that as well. Um, and that was pretty much it for the first half, apart from Byrne picking up a yellow card as well, for what that's worth. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, we're going to break for um, briefly after... The, um, the first half discussion is over. But Andy, Kay, did you have something else you're going to say on the uh, on the uh, full-backs? I think he might have frozen, is he? Uh, I was going to say something, but um, it's going to... <laughs> That's all right, no worries. But if it comes back later, then far away. Um, you are breaking up a little bit, actually. Hopefully you're, uh, you're going to be back to normal in a second. Um, you're a bit staccato, <laughs> but um, we'll okay. we'll see if you can sort out the link. Anyway, um, anyway, we're going to break for half time, um, and I'm going to get myself another beer. I'm on the old uh, Oktoberfest stuff from Beer Fifty Two. Finally decided to sign up with those guys, and I'm um, having this beer garden one, which is very nice. Um, in fact, that's the best one I've had from them so far. Um, it's not October, I know, but sod it, beer is beer. So I'm going to get myself another one of those. Um, Robin has finally finished his enormous consignment of Heineken's. Um, have yeah. you got another beer there? No, I, I need to go and see what's in the fridge. Oh, I right. think okay. I've actually got a. I think I've actually got a Wylam in the cupboard, Ooh. which I might break out. Hello and welcome back to the second part, where we talk about the second half of the Spurs game. Um, just before we do, one quick word from Ollie, who had sent his apologies, wasn't able to join us, the Spurs fan that we'd had on. Um, he said, as I mentioned, that uh, he thought the Kane penalty was a penalty. And that's the only thing I can disagree with him on. Um, he did say, um, by the way, that he did think it was a penalty uh, for Trossard. So for what it's worth, there's that to mention as well. Um I didn't ask him about the uh, the incident where we got the equaliser. I suspect he would probably agree with my view on that one, but we'll come to that in a moment. Um, but here we go then, the second half. Well, I mean, my take on it, first five minutes, Spurs started as they did in the first half quite lively. Um, I got the impression that Mourinho's half-time team talk probably involved something along the lines of saying, um, well done, Harry, that worked well in the first half. Let's get up to some more shenanigans along the same lines and see if we can get another penalty. Because within five minutes, Son and Kane have both dived over in the same attack, both of which, in my opinion, should have had a yellow card, or at least the yeah. first one should. Kane, arguably not. Um, 
I don't get why those guys don't get the reputation. They don't get the yellows. Um, Son's one was a disgrace. He just flopped on the floor. And Kane, he was challenging for the ball. Basuma did put his leg out somewhere nearby. But Kane went over at a funny sort of angle on his left, on his right side. Um, you don't fall like that unless you. It's it's what I said about him. In the, from the side. It, it irritates me when players that are really good do mm, that. Do that because yeah. you don't have yeah. to do that. He could he could have chased again. He wasn't trying to play the ball. He was trying to. His first thought was to get a penalty. He could have gone round. Could have gone round the player to, to, to get in there, and, and he and, probably would have scored. And 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 he before there's any contact between him. Um. And the Albion player, he's he's already diving. I mean, he's, I mean, he's literally diving. I mean, that's yeah. not, it's not yeah. even like you know, like he actually dives and so on as well. And like to have two of them within ten seconds of each other, and I, yeah. And the referee should have booked both. Yeah, it would have been a great thing to see, wouldn't it? If he'd actually gone boom, boom. There you go. You're both in the book. That would have been a wonderful. Take it as a bit of a compliment that they yeah. feel the need to dive. They think our yeah, defense I is that so. good <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to throw themselves on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it's, what else? Safe. Sorry, there's a straw I've got to go and clutch over there. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, both of them, Son, Son and Kane, both they're in a white shirt. There's a team who are, who are missing some shit houses. Um, I'm I'm talking about Real Madrid here. Pepe's no longer there. Sergio Ramos still is, but they, they, there's some vacancies. Maybe they'd like to move over there because they're they're certainly using their tactics. Um, but I hate that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'd hate I hate it especially from really good players. Yeah, yeah like exactly. you say, from yeah. you know, from good players. Yeah, it's unnecessary, yeah. pathetic. Yeah, and um, frustrating. Um, but that was that. Fifty-six minute. Uh, Tariq um, was, um, I think, it was fouled again. Um, three minutes in, there was um, there were, yeah, all sorts of. Backwards and forwards going on. I think it was an even game as it had been throughout the match, to be honest, the way it was going. I think they, Albion continued to put some pressure on and look to create and look to get forward. And they just it wouldn't fall for them quite often. There was a few attempts to, to create a chance in the box and the ball just didn't fall for them. Um, so it was turning into a frustrating game. Then, of course, what happened, some, um, well, some major moments happened in the 60 to sort of 71st minute. In the 64th minute, um, Solly turned his ankle, as we I think have already mentioned. Uh, went over on his left ankle. Looked like it could be quite nasty. We're waiting to find out what the after effects of that are. He did have to leave for Phil Bernardo coming on in his place. Um, we've talked about that a bit already. In the 68th minute, um, Lamella um, sidled in a ball for um, basically. Well, sorry, yeah, he, he was in on goal, I should say, and he uh, he had a shot on goal which hit the post. Veltman then decided to spoon it right into the towards the top corner where Sanchez made what, if it was on target, looked like a really good save. It was an incredible save. <laughs> it really the was. Way he, flashed his, he sort of flashed in, his arms around in midair. He's because a good lad as well. When I looked really at it, quick movements. When I looked at it in real time, I thought it hit I thought it hit Veltman and then just gone out of play. The angle of the yeah. like where the cam where the camera was, it didn't show that. And then when they showed the replay. It was a yeah. save. Actually, it was an incredible reaction save, really. Yeah. Yeah, and for, um, a, for a, you know, for a keeper, in fact, both keepers didn't really have too many saves to make in, in the game. Um, considering he hadn't had that much to do, that reaction was just incredible. I mean, that would, have, very that would unusual... have been such a typical Albion goal to concede. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Looping over. 
But I mean, especially as a, as a, you're not expecting that as well as a goal. That's you, you sort of not switched off, but that's not a scenario that you encounter every day. No, it was it was exemplary shot stopping from Sanchez, who I thought acquitted himself fairly well. I mean, it was a completely unnoteworthy performance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that save aside, hmm. it was just yeah. like he wasn't really a factor. He just like came out. Got the ball, did what he needed to do. Um, yeah, yeah. He, and he looks a nice Premier League builder. He looks yeah. a Premier League goalie, doesn't he? I mean, he's got yeah, that he confidence. Yeah, he's a bit confident coming for ball for the balls. Say so his distribution yeah. was pretty good. Um, didn't see any. Yeah. Say, like Andy says, it, it was didn't really see anything particularly, you know, noteworthy. Yeah. Beyond the save, really, which is what you want from a goalkeeper, yeah. to be honest. You want exactly. them to make make a save when they need to, and the rest of the time you want them to be without cause to be mentioned. Yeah, he looks the part. Um, as I said, he's got the extra height, which I, I, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all, but people have criticised Ryan. Well, not criticised Ryan, but they've mentioned Ryan's lack of height as being a possible issue. Um, it takes that one out of the equation when he's playing, um, for what that's worth. I think he did pretty well. And he's got that speed of movement, which um, you need, as well as the being a big guy, you need that combination of the two to really make it work. So fair play on that one. Um, just tracking back, it was a, I've written notes to self, I've got to make my handwriting more legible. The thing <laughs> I was trying to bumble on about, and Tariq, something with VAR was, of course, the goal in yeah. the 56th minute. So tracking back to that, sorry about that, boys. Um, 56th minute, we got the equaliser goal. Um, it was um, a, quite a big build-up going on. Um, it started with um, an attack down on the left side. It seemed to be cleared. Solly went to challenge for the ball, found his man. He did get a little bit of the ball as he went in on him. Potentially, there's a wobbly hand gesture from Andy B there. Um, possibly his heel might have touched the top of the ball. We don't know. But ultimately, most of the trajectory of what he did was about taking the guy down. For me, 100%, that was a foul. Um, anybody disagree with that, first of all? Andy does. Go before on, Andy. Andy. Before Andy disagrees with it, I was going <laughs> yeah. to say my my general my general benchmark for all these kind of decisions. Which I think you, you'll know this, Russ, when I mention it. Is I tend to think, how would I feel if the decision was the other way? So I think if mm. I'm an Albi, if I'm if, if we're watching that, how would I feel? And I was, well, I would have been, yeah, Fuming. I'd have been pretty annoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, over to you, Andy. What's your take on it? I, um, I think I think Solly just got got to the ball before Hoiberg, and on the re, on the replay, he makes he makes contact with the ball before before he clatters Hoiberg, who, who runs who runs into him. They were both going for the ball, and, and and he got there first. I mean, on on the the angle that they showed on the VAR, you can you can see Solly's boot. Basically, you know, make mm. minimal contact with the ball, but it was oh, it definitely touches the ball. Yeah, he was going. For oh the yeah, ball. I mean, and he got there. First. I think five years ago, five plus years ago, it's not even. A, it's a good tackle, isn't it? It's one of those ones. If, where you if go, the referee, just... if the referee had given a free kick in that instance in real time at the time, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have complained because it looked like a foul. It definitely looked. I, I, you know, I, I can see why people say it was a foul because uh, it certainly it certainly looked like one simply because. Of, it was quite a hefty challenge because they were both, they both started yeah, their run to committed. the ball. They, they were yeah. both committed to the ball from about 
two or three yards out. So they weren't, they were, you know, they were both charging in on it. So there was going to be a collision, regardless of which first, which one got there first. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I, even on, on the VAR angles, you could, you could see it, you could see slight touch from March on the ball. So seeing as the referee didn't think it was a foul, then he's going to stick with his decision. Funnily enough, at the end of the game, when they were doing their montage of, of bits on, on the team, there was actually another angle which showed, a, which actually made it look like more of a, a good tackle challenge from Solly that, that we didn't see earlier. Um, I did have a bit right. of an with some Spurs <laughs> friends of mine. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Um, I, I did think when he... I thought when he, when he went over to look at it on the... No, looks like Robin might have frozen now. I thought he was going to disallow it. Yeah, honest, I, I did. I, I was stunned when he allowed it. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, all I would say is indirectly, and it's not done deliberately, but it evened itself out for once because, well, I say it evened itself out. We should have been 1 0 up actually at that time. Uh, if we'd have buried the penalty, we should have been given because um, they shouldn't have had their pen. We should have had ours. We, that should have been a case of was it going to be 2 0 or staying at 1 0. Um, I just wonder subconsciously whether the ref had that in mind. I know he says that all refs will say they're not supposed to do that really they're not supposed to try and even it out they've just got to go with the decision in its own right but I wonder at the back of his mind he might have thought mm, not quite sure about some of these decisions here maybe, um, maybe. Given, given the weakness of the referee that, that I don't know maybe that, that did subconsciously mm. play a part ironically it was probably the one thing I thought he did get right but it, but it looked it looked to be a mistake in real time. It looked to be a mistake from the referee. Mm. I think I think ultimately it was the correct decision, but it certainly looked like a foul in real time. Um, and the more I've looked at it, the more more I think solid got. Um, to, got it's to another one which is subjective, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing, like we we're saying before. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, some will give it, some won't. I mean. So then you have to wonder, what, you know, should VAR be even used in that um, instance? The other interesting thing was, like, that foul happened two or three phases before we actually got to the goal. And so like, at what point do you bring the game back to decide, well, oh, because there was some kind of infraction within the last half an hour, do we now disallow this goal I mean yeah Tottenham, exactly Tottenham had plenty of I time. mean there were those off, after the Man United game wasn't it there were those memes going around about Man United scored again in you know in the 965th minute <laughs> well, actually scored after the game finished I yeah. mean I mean literally the final whistle had been blown I mean the game was yeah, over we've had a rant we've had various rants about that but I mean I think the the one about the you know that that decision. Graham Scott was about five yards from the tackle as well, and you think he couldn't really have had a better view. Yeah, yeah, and he was the right side of it as well. Though. Like, yeah, there was no, there was no one in between him and the incident, and he, he had just, the best view of it. So, you know, maybe he has yeah. got in his head. But I mean, I I thought in real time I expected him to give it because it looked. Yeah. I think it looked like it was going to. Just look like he cleaned him out, basically. Like a, like he cleaned yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. It but, did, yeah so it that did. was interesting. It did look like that, but 
if you know, but if you are challenging for the ball, it's not it wasn't a reckless or dangerous no, no, no. tackle. It was a it was a challenge for the ball, and he and he got to the ball before the other guy who was making every bit as much of an effort to get to the ball as Soddy was. Yeah. Just got their second, and then obviously he goes over his next, but that's not a foul. That's to, you know, no, if you've, the, just, I mean, if I mean, you've got to the ball bad, second, that's... Bad, but that's because they're both running fast and they collide. Yeah, well, final word on that really comes from um Peter Crouch, uh, on the on that foul, punditing for um match of the day, too. He said, It's nice to see the ref go over and use the monitor and then make the wrong decision. <laughs> to quote, which I thought was quite amusing. <laughs> um, fair play um, yeah I mean it sums up I think the view um, sort of um, Albion detrimental decisions really isn't it I mean in, in terms of um, usually that goes the wrong way ironically it did go our way but we still had the balance of things go against us in terms of decisions for me um, however you know it is what it is we got the equaliser they had the temerity to complain I mean they were trying to push Jose about it in the interview afterwards and he wasn't really having it, was no, he? No, I think he just, just doesn't like he just doesn't like VAR in general, does he? So yeah, he's got fed up with the whole thing. Um, so I mean, that was that. Um, just tracking forwards then. So we mentioned about the post and Veltman's incidents. My wife, by the way, has observed. I mean, I thought that Pascal Gross looks like a serial killer. Trossard looks like a sickly Victorian child. My wife has now added to the equation by saying that she thinks Veltman looks like a praying mantis. She said, "Who's the guy that looks like a praying mantis?" <laughs> You're not. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure. I agree with that. I'm not convinced no, I mean, by that. I have to say. No, I think I could see why she meant in the heat of the moment. There was a there was a certain shot of him. He, he did look a bit. Uh, I don't know, insect like. like, but no. Yeah. Not, I'm not on board yeah. with that. <laughs> it's going to be playing in your head now. Um, honestly. Um, anyway, there was. Um, well, what else happened? Kane hit the post, 71st minute, and then of course a couple of minutes later. Uh, the decisive blow. Bale scored what proved to, to be the winner. I say, in the in the in the minutes that preceded, we looked the more likely to win. Yeah, that mm. was the irritating thing. Yeah, yeah. It was which always those, which always makes it even worse when you go yeah. from a position where you're drawing and you you think you might get a win to then obviously losing. Um, but I mean, we've the com- the main complaint about the goal is obviously Webster just. Losing bail, really. I mean, it's yeah. good. it was a it's a decent cross. It's a decent header, but he shouldn't have been. You know, we've given him the freedom of the penalty box, basically. Yes, yeah, and there's no excuse for it. Controversial goal there. there absolutely yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's it. Not not even Annoying. the NBA, not even these officials could find an excuse to disallow that goal. That's how <laughs> that's how an obvious goal it was. And it yeah, really was, wasn't it? And just yeah, at this level. I mean, undeserved. I mean, I think some. I mean, I think a point would have been a fair result mm-hmm. on the balance mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think, I'd agree I think with that we were as robbed well. of a point. I don't think we were robbed of a win. I don't think. I don't think we created enough good goal-scoring opportunities to be to bemoan the fact that we that we didn't win the game. But I certainly think we played well enough to get the draw. Um, we, we, you know, we did play some. We did play some nice football. The fact that we were stunted by not having a centre forward for eighty-five minutes um, mm. contributed to that. And and of course, we did get to see Welbeck at, at the end. Yeah, and uh, made his debut. Yeah, I thought he was. He was immediately 
obviously the physicality you can see there yeah. was an instant down i think it was in the in the in the corner where he was he was holding the ball up and he was you think he's definitely going to give us a another a, in cliche world another dimension but i think he will great, yeah we had a great challenge in on um the reese which was you know entirely legal yeah but just finally like let the goalkeeper know that there was an opposition player in the box because and, and yeah, the impact was was quite swift, I thought. And uh, he didn't have a lot of time to make an impression, but... I'd but like he, to see him start on Friday, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, yeah. if he gets knackered, bring him off. Do Yeah, exactly. You've give, got, him I mean, the, it's, give him the Lalana hour. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think Friday is as close to a must-win game as you can get at this stage of the season. I, th- I think for yeah. the... Mental well-being of the team because I, I think there is a frustration because you know I, th- yeah, I think we have we have you know given some criticisms tonight but but the direction of travel in terms of how we are playing football is the right direction we are oh, we yeah. are we are playing much better football it's much it's much more fun to watch but we don't score enough we don't score we don't score even though we are scoring more. Yeah, you know, we're enough. We're conceding too many. That's the thing. But we're getting punished for we're getting punished for mistakes or slips, and we're not punishing our opponents in the same way. And yeah. that is frustrating because there's an awful lot of good football going on in between. And yeah, uh, I mean, I've been saying. I think we were saying last season, Russ. Yeah. After the, the the resumption is, it's always a bizarre thing to say, but actually, we are a decent striker away from potentially being a top 10 team yeah. yes yeah yeah i mean i know that's, that's a, it's a fairly big it's a fairly big thing we're missing but at mm. the same time it shouldn't downplay the fact that our the rest of our football is good yeah. enough to be in the top 10 yeah we I mean, just a really need, good team we need a when bit of luck we need the striker you know and that's why i thought without dwelling on the transfer window too much obviously welbeck may may change this slightly. That's why I thought it was a bit strange. Well, maybe coronavirus also had something to impact, but I thought maybe this would be the season where they might go really for an out-and-out quality centre-forward on the basis that it really is the only missing bit of the jigsaw. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there's been some rumblings this week about how impressed Potter's been with Zakiri in training, which might explain his elevation to the bench on, um, on Sunday. Um, I do, I do think the arrival of, of Welbeck is significant because whether we whether we play him a lot, we don't need him to we don't need him to play a lot. We just need to sort of make the time that he has on the field productive. So if it's half an hour here, half an hour there, or an hour here, hour there, it doesn't matter. We don't need him to play all all you know ninety minutes week in week out. No. Um, so we yeah you know, we can we can look after his health certainly in the, the initial stages of his tenure here. But he brings proper top-level experience at you know, Premier League, Champions League and international level. The, you know, the guy's been there, seen it, done it, worn a T-shirt. And, it, and, it, and he, is, he has way more sort of, you know, loads more experience than, than anyone else that we've got in that position. Um, and, it, and it introduces competition now. I mean, you know, you know, whatever the reasons for Mopé's exclusion this week, which for which there's been you know quite a lot of discussion, it just 
shows that there's competition now. And like, if you want to be in this team, you've got to deliver. Yeah, there's someone else that we could put in. Pissing around. And um, yeah, it's about it's about increasing the quality, and obviously Lalana does that with his signing. We've we've mentioned the link up play with uh, Lamptey because Lamptey is of the same quality I think obviously he's a younger much younger player but you know he's in the same field and I think Welbeck is another one who's in that field the more we can get those that level of quality player in the more we can thrive and I think what Welbeck brings is is you'd like to think that there have been I can think of probably five or six opportunities where Morpai should have scored Hmm. over the recent games there's a couple against West Brom which is probably the source of the argument that he's had with whoever he's yeah. had an argument with. But you'd like yeah. to think that Welbeck is the kind of player who, in the Glenn Murray mould, potentially, where you don't necessarily need a ton of chances every game. He's got mm. the pedigree, he's got the finishing ability that actually, you know, he can be clinical, basically, is what I'm saying in too many words. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And... Um... Yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah, Welbeck and Morpay, that could be quite a nice little big guy, little guy combination. I think that would cause defences quite a lot of trouble with the sort of guile of Welbeck and the sort of shithousery of Mopay. Yeah. I don't think many teams would want to fancy defending those guys, you know. No. And I suppose Potter has already shown that he's 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 happy to play two up front. He's yeah. you know he started Connolly and Mope together as well, hasn't he? So I mean he's not averse to to potentially doing that. It's, yeah. and it's just a different variant. I mean Mope and Connolly are quite a good are quite yeah, a good sort of terriers to absolutely run a defence into the ground. But yeah, I think so the I mean the, the big thing is it's as Russ said, it's another option. Yeah. It's the kind of Glenn Murray esque you know, different option, isn't it? So, anyway, I've got high hopes for him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. very yeah. exciting signing. Very exciting. Well, concluding the um, details of the match, um, I'm just, just really to ask. Um, we've mentioned a few players. We've mentioned Sanchez. We've mentioned Lamptey. We've mentioned Lana having another good game. Um, and I thought a few March others. was very good as well. March had a good game. I think Byrne had a disappointing one. Feltman, I thought, played well. Webster did, apart from individual errors. Um, I think um, Ollie. Um, his final word from him, but he sent a message saying that um, he was impressed by Lamptey and Bis, Basuma, um, who I thought, again, had a good game. He was driving forward, looking to get on the front foot, looking to link up. Maybe didn't have as um, impacting a game as he would have liked, but I thought he was looking bright and, and lively as well. I don't know if you'd agree with that. And was there anyone else worthy of a mention? White looked, I mean, White looked how he's looked, which is he's slotted in. Yeah. He's slotted in pretty well. I mean, without being spectacular, but hmm. considering... I, I, I think, you know, I mean, it's it, he's had a lot to deal with the last few weeks, all the speculation about him, the way he's been talked about in the media. He's now having to play two different positions. Um, I think he's done I think he's done for I think he's done very well, but I think he's hmm. growing into the role. I don't think he's in that role yet, but I think he's growing yeah. into it and he's certainly shown glimpses of why people are very excited about him. One word on um, on Leeds. He, um, of course, was replaced by Klopp at uh, Leeds, who I noticed made another mistake leading to a goal at uh, the weekends. Good to see. <laughs> I just thought I'd get that little dig in um, for Peter's benefit in his absence. Um, only other thing I'd say regarding the, the match at the weekend, it's a point I've made before, I think. Um, I, I think when we had the Gens on, I think he's made the same. Um, it, 
when do we start worrying, not just only about the results, but about the potential for the psychology, uh, the confidence levels to get damaged? Because the way Brighton play, we fizz it around, we're confident, we're snappy, we're passing it around, we're taking the games to teams, we're, we're fearless in the sense that we're not, we're not afraid to go forwards. Um, we haven't been getting the results, partly we deserved and partly through our own fault, um, mainly the, uh, the former. Um, but is there an, an issue here? When do we worry about this potentially affecting us psychologically so that we then are unable to play well enough to get the results? Um, I think having not put away West Brom, if we were to do, if we were to not, if we have a similar performance on Friday night, hmm. I'm not saying that's going to be the tipping point, but I think that will be a fairly big step in that direction. Yeah. yeah. It's I a think, huge I, game, isn't it? Though? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I'm low to say it's a must win, but it, on Friday, but, but we, but we need it. I think, I think we're at, we, you know, not in a dramatic sense, but I think we are at that point already where I think where I think this team really just needs some reward for the F the work it's put in and it hasn't got it. They must be frustrated. Um, yeah. they must yeah. they must be annoyed. You know, I thought that might have been the reason for Potter's tetchiness last week. And I think I think it may still have been a I think it would have been as well. Been a contributing oh, factor, but if he's having to deal with some sort of playground stuff on the training ground, then that's certainly going to irritate him as well because there's no, don't have any time for that sort of shenanigans in the Premier League, especially when you're at the, the end of the table that we are, you all need to be on the same page and, and going forward. So yeah, it is a big game on Friday. I really, and, and, and we really need to win. I think we're capable of winning it. Uh, I've not been, I've not been impressed with Burnley. You know, they, they, they they just seem to have run out of path. I thought Chelsea dealt with them very comfortably yeah, yeah. At, the, at the weekend. Um, you know, but it's all well and good saying that, but we've got to go out and deliver. And I think, you know, the time, you know, there's, we can't be sorry for ourselves every week. Go out no. and just do it. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, everything else doesn't matter as long as you've, as long as you get the results in, in yeah, a few I key mean, games. And we need a scrappy, them, we need a scrappy one nil Chris Hewton style victory, don't we? Oh, do. We'll take it at the moment. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I suppose mean, you've think... got to remember last season Burnley equalised with their only shot on target, didn't they? Yeah, like exactly. The end, that's, that sounds a bit like Palace this season, doesn't it? But I, I think the other thing is, I mean, we've got to get the win somewhere. And if you if you don't get the results you think you deserve in other games, then you play the likes of West Brom and Burnley at home and you fail to get the wins in those matches as well. That's when it can feed into a negativity. Yeah, you need the to break problem, course, the run, basically. It's about not going too long without a win. Yeah, and Burnley. I mean, Burnley, people have said, oh, yeah, they have bad spells, but they always come good. Well, I think they might be in real trouble this season. Yeah. And the, the only thing we don't want to do is give them a little glimmer of hope at this early, fairly early stage of the season. If we give them a nice, easy win to get them back on track and they manage to get enough confidence from that, to make themselves into bigger challenges for survival, that could have further detrimental effects to us. I'm interested to see Stevens, and yes. I think it would be. I think it would be much. It would be. I think it would have been more amusing if it was not behind closed doors, because it would have been bizarre for a lot of Albion fans to be able to legitimately have a go at him for just passing sideways and backwards. Yeah, that's it. Indeed. Yeah. I think. So, I mean, I was actually. I was reading their forum. And he's he's really not gone down well as a signing mm. with them. 
He seems quite looking... Burnley-esque. Yeah, and he's because he's from he's from Lancashire, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's from Bolton, I think, isn't he? Um, yeah. And like, if you're looking at the first, like, they tend to do what we do on our form. So there's sort of marks out of ten, and he's been getting like threes and fours, mm. and lots of people saying that we've that us even getting a million quid for him, we've basically it's like we've sold him sold it to him for twenty million or whatever. So. Be interesting. He's obviously going to have a blinder on Friday. He'll run the game, yeah. all of that. Okay. Well. Anyway, um, he's not gone down. Yeah. He's not. He's not a particularly popular. I think he was their only. He was their only one of their only signings. I think. Yeah. Well, apart from, I think there was a youth player and a couple of other sort of peripheral signings of some sort or other. But he was probably the highest profile signing. Yeah. The glamour. Is, the glamour arrival. Yeah, which doesn't bode well for them. But as I said, we we it's. Yeah, in a literal sense, of course, it's not a must-win game. I know Andy Kay's a, a sort of a, a real sticker for not saying that, but in, yeah. in a in a psychological sense, it's, it's as, as close, close as, as you're going to get, get to one. one. Yeah. I, I, this, think, I think a stage. defeat would I think a defeat would would be a psychological blow. Um, mm. I, I think in terms of the overall season, as long as they they're sensible that, that they you know they should be able to click eventually. But I think, but I do think if we you know if we play poorly. And lose, yeah. I think I think that would be that would be a blow, and that then we've got a problem. Then, well, I then, think you know, then then have got a real job to, to you know build them back up again. I think I think it is an opportunity. I, I mean, I hate saying it, but I think I, you know I think we're a much better team than them this season. That's not always been the case, but it is. No. The, it is this time around, and we should go out and we and we should do our best to. Prove it. Agreed. I think the other thing is we don't really want to test out how we would be in the bottom three, mm-hmm. which is obviously so something we haven't, we haven't really, done, yeah. we've not had to do it thus far. And if we're talking about we've got mistakes in us and, you know, I don't want to call us fragile because I think that's mm-hmm. overly harsh, but we are brittle, I think, in in some areas. So I don't necessarily think that we would fair especially well if we were to properly get dragged into a relegation scrap i might be being unfair i mean if we we might go in and then we might bounce straight back out but i have a a slight worry that that there's a degree of fragility there that might be exposed if we were to I properly still, be I in. Still think maybe with with the players that we've that, that we've got certainly when we were just when we just had more more, more playing connolly up front it's just it's just work and practice on you know all, all of our problems are you know they're blindingly obvious what they are so you can already concentrate the work on how you're trying to address it you know the, you know these are not bad footballers it's just pra- it's just practice and and a bit of luck uh, actually good coaching and a bit of luck I mean we have we have been we've certainly been unlucky with you know, officials, we've been unlucky with like deflections and the way. I mean, Man United, what we hit the post, what Trossard hit the yeah, post yeah. four <laughs> times or whatever, five times we hit the post, yeah. didn't we? And yeah, I mean, that, well, that was horrendous. Like, and but you know, yeah. you make your own luck, don't you? I suppose. Yeah, and, I think we, that's the thing. I mean, I think if you were to look at it, we're not a, we're not a bottom three team. No. But on the other hand, you've actually, as we've been saying, you've got to go out and justify that. 
yeah. on the pitch. And I'm not saying we, we haven't been doing that. I'm not saying we've looked, I don't think we've looked like relegation fodder beyond the only time is that second half against West Brom where we looked dire. Mm. But other than that, we've not looked it, but we've just got to, it's not enough to be kind of neutral. You've actually got to go out and actively play well enough to get yourself out of that. And we've got the ability to do it. The only question, not question mark, the only doubt at the moment is the mental aspect of it. And I think a win against, I think as much as we're saying a defeat against Burnley would be very damaging, I think a comfortable win against Burnley would have just as much of a positive impact as Absolutely. a defeat would have a negative. Yeah, I, With an international I, I break coming afterwards as well. Yeah. So I think we're at a tipping, it's not even, I say, a t- it's not really a tipping point, but I think we are at a, we are at quite a crucial junction. It's an early marker, isn't it? It's yeah, it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think a very yeah. convincing win, well, not necessarily in a very convincing win, just a win would do wonders and a convincing win would be, very, very welcome, obviously. Yeah, indeed. On that matter, we'll break for a final part coming up shortly, part three. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a mo. Welcome back to the third and final part of this week's episode with me, Robin and Andy Bass. As you may have noticed during the second part, we lost Andy Not He dropped out due to communication problems, um, as in his computer, not him. He speaks very well, uh, but uh, he can't at the moment. So we had to lose him from our broadcast, but um, we are still with Robin and Andy. So uh, good to have you guys aboard as we go into the third and final part where we summarise the football news in general. Um, so, first of all, lockdown, of course, was announced this week. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. As of uh, the end of Wednesday, beginning of Thursday, we go into lockdown for four weeks. Um, as announced, football at elite level, which is basically Premier League right the way through to National League, uh, Prem, North and, North and South, uh, is still allowed to go on. Um, beyond that, it isn't. So, steps three to six of the what they call the National League system which is basically non-league in general um so the ismian league where worthing are our friends from worthing that we had on the other week and anywhere from that level downwards is out so too is tiers three to seven of the women's pyramid the wsl academy league and the fa girls regional talent clubs indoor and outdoor youth and grassroots football all subject to upcoming parliamentary votes this is gonna be how it will be um First thing on that, just, just very quickly, um, our friends at Worthing, Peter Vale, who we had on from Worthing FC, um, I've been in touch with him today just to ask him what his thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. He said, um, just been to our last game, which we lost, unfortunately, but hoping it will only be a month for the lockdown. So, um, you know, it's just disappointing for them at that level. They're just trying to get minimal numbers in, admittedly, but numbers in through the door. So difficult times, isn't it, guys? Um, yeah. As far as we know, the Premier League's unaffected at the moment. We'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? Um, Premier League in general this week, I don't know if you saw any of the other games. Um, quick word on Ward Prowse. I've been a fan of his for some time. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, free kick brace at the weekend. Both goals brilliant, particularly the second one because it was so close in to still get yeah. up and over the wall and in. Um, I mean, people are saying, oh, he's better than Beckham. I'm is not, I'm not convinced by that. I don't think he's, I think he's 
he's up towards that level, but I think that's a. I'm I think not his free kicks are. Well, I, I think his free kicks are on a par. If you look at that Greece game, the famous game where Beckham, you know, won us the qualification with a, a draw against Greece, um, which shouldn't be anything to shout shout about, really. But um, in that game, he took about five or six free kicks to get that glory moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's, he's definitely up towards that level, without mm. a doubt. Andy? Yeah, Will Prowse, just a player I, I hate playing, quite frankly. He's very irritating in in open play, very very annoying. Um, and his, <laughs> and his free kicks and his free kicks are great. You yeah, just, oh, okay. if, you, if you yeah you give him a you give him an inch, he'll take that mile. He's he's absolutely superb set piece delivery. Yeah, I mean the only thing with it is you know any game, even when it's flat, when nothing's happening, you've always got that fear with a player like him that he can turn the game in the favour of your your opposition and. It's a pain in the arse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah really. really is. I mean, you know, free kicks are practically like penalties for Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, Jermaine Defoe, apparently he's 300 goals up for his career now. Congratulations to him. Um, someone racking up the numbers as well is Leon Clark, albeit in his case, it's the number of clubs he's been at. Apparently he joined Shrewsbury in recent weeks and that has made, um, well, it's made headlines because it's his 18th club. Uh, which is a record, apparently, in professional levels in England. Good work. Um, that's quite impressive. I don't know whether to be impressed or not, actually. How many seasons <laughs> has he played? Is he averaging um, about... I don't know. He's... He I don't can't have played sure many more than 18 seasons. Yeah, can't, can't have done, really, could he? I mean, it's got to be a pretty small amount. Um, it, anyway. I, I don't know how old he is. I think he's in his mid... Must be in his mid thirties, I guess. But well, if he started when he was eighteen, he's gonna. I mean, that's one a season, isn't it? If he's thirty-six, could be younger. A lot of loan moves, which is never a good sign. A number of large no. clubs is never a good sign. Anyway, either. that's but, that's you a know. Good congratulations. <laughs> um, other matters. Um, well, we've um, tonight actually ran Bayern Munich. I don't know if you've caught the scores tonight. They won six-two away in their latest Champions League game. That is a record-breaking 14th successive ah. win, apparently. I looked, they were 3-2 the up at half-time, so they've obviously went mad in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive stuff. Really good team. They've lost, obviously, Thiago and Cantara, and it doesn't really show because they are still just powering on, aren't they? Um, I think they're still top of the Bundesliga and looking pretty good there. Um, other news this today came out. Ryan Giggs apparently had been arrested for an alleged assault of a 30-year-old woman. Um, we don't know the details. We don't know if, if there's anything to it. His girlfriend. For him, obviously. Is it his girlfriend? Right. Not great. Um, as a result, he has been told he's not going to be taking part in the up-and-coming internationals. Uh, of course, he's Wales boss at the moment. Um, so an unsavoury moment there. I don't know if there's much more to say on that one other than it no. doesn't really paint him in a good light. Um, other news in terms of, uh, well... I was going to say there's some sad news as well, isn't there, this week? Because we've had, of course, the sad news that Nobby Styles, a Manchester United and England legend, has died. He's the fourth World Cup winning player to die this year. We had Peter Bonetti, who has a Sussex uh, connection, but died, the goalkeeper. We've obviously uh, we've lost Jack Charlton in recent times. We've lost Nobby Styles. And um, who else went? There was somebody else earlier in the year. Um, oh, Norman Hunter, of course, at Leeds. Um, Leeds legend um, and of course we've also had the sad news that Bobby Charlton has been diagnosed with dementia which is not great news for him um, also on the 
uh, obituaries front, Sean Connery, of course, Mr. James Bond, the original, yes. has died. A massive name in the film world. Absolute tragedy. Are you guys into films? Big time? Yeah. Yeah. Say, so, I said to you the other day, the fact he was so good in Bond, and actually those weren't even his best, his best roles. Yeah, that's right. And he... Yeah, he's, it's almost a bit of a shame for him. He's, I wouldn't say he's typecast, but he's been almost um, type rated by those performances rather than anything else. But he's been in some great stuff. The Name of yeah. the Rose, The Man Who Would Be King, various other films. He could list loads. But um, yeah, so rest in, pay, rest in peace, Sean. Highlander. Um, Highlander, yeah, great film. Highlander, yeah. yeah. There can be only one. I mean, you can tell he lives in Spain with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah he's, he's a staunch proud scot who <laughs> didn't live in scotland but never mind never mind um yeah he was a member of the smp wasn't he as well uh, yeah, but, yeah um, no, uh, uh, yeah sad loss and uh yeah iconic actor yeah yeah in slightly cheerier news did you see the jibe made by um the uh well it's basically uh the juventus game uh barcelona barcelona made a jibe through twitter saying um, good, good for you guys to see the goat, uh, Messi having scored on their ground as they won two 0 last week. Um, they've responded saying, oh, "We'll wait and see till we get the return game." A little bit of a dig, a bit of fun, or a bit petty. <laughs> I don't know. But Barcelona's not a happy place at the moment. They take their fun where they can get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not things aren't great. Um, what's his name? But is it Bartomeu has resigned? Um, the entire board resigned, didn't they? Yeah, um, thing. It's a not a healthy place. Messi, we already know, of course, isn't. No, and actually, there. I was reading they could they could actually go bankrupt. Mm. Their wow, finances are that bad. I mean, they they do operate in a debt culture, don't they? The big two over there. It's crazy stuff. But um, yeah, even by their standards, either. they're in they're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Well, speaking of the big two, one of uh, one of Real Madrid's former players, Alvaro Morata. Um, he's put the ball in the net 18 times in 2020. 11 were ruled out for offside. Alvaro Morata, you could say. Had to put that one in. Apologies. Oh, it's dreadful. But he has got an uncanny habit of getting himself into offside positions. I have to say, it does ring shades of something else I'm thinking of at the moment. Elvis uh, Manning. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he made, he made Murray look onside all the time, didn't he, actually? comes to think of it dreadful isn't it that's uh, there we are um that's more or less it the only other bits to mention uh loan watch um i believe ryan longman scored again for afc wimbledon on loan um also Madeira, the um the polish guy that we've signed who we loaned back to lech poznan he was in action against rangers last midweek and um i watched the game he looks pretty good actually he's tidy he's playing pretty much a number six role dale stevens type thing tidy lots of lots of um simple stuff done well looking for some decent long balls forwards he does get up and down tracks back it was a good couple of cross field track backs that he did where he intercepted a potentially dangerous move looking quite good have you, have you guys seen any of him i haven't but the notices seem to be very good it seems it's, it's quite good that, he, that he's in the sort of he's in european competitions people can watch watch him on tv and Favourable impressions all round, I think, the yeah. both Polish um, lads. And, um, yeah, we're building up some depth in that in that position. That's looking to be quite a strong position and 
you know, and uh, give Graham Potter some nice problems when it comes to selecting. Although, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, the, the squad's just really building up nicely now. It's just, it's just, just it's need yeah, to start. It's just, just it's just the elephant it in the opposition's penalty box that is that is just casting yeah, a shadow. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Percy Tower, of course, could come potentially could come back. I think back you were saying, January, Robin, yeah. you, a while ago on WhatsApp that. Uh, with with the the way things are going with the permissions, uh, he might be able to get in. That would be yeah. Good. There's a recall clause for for January. Yeah, and after and after, I mean, you know, if we're going to get anything out of Brexit, we might as well get Percy, Percy Tower. Tower. Yeah, um, yeah, and we could just let him in. Um, yeah, he started well, I think, over there this season too. Yeah, I know. We could have an abundance of strikers here. He's got Securities hit the ground running. Too us. many. Andone coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you just know the only other thing I was going to mention I know he's not a player anymore but did you see George Cox is now playing for Fortuna Sittard yeah in, yes. he scored two against Ajax bloody hell in midweek they did they? lose I think they lost <laughs> they lost 5-2 I think and he scored both their goals but they were two really good goals actually yeah. one was a really well, good like half volley but anyway that was a bit random yeah. that he was a player that that's Never good really worth throwing it, in. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention um, today, apart from our notice board stuff at the end, was um, title predictions. I mean, it was around this time of year that I wanted to kind of finalise my predictions for the season. Andy was had a whole load of stuff written out. He has left us, Andy Kay, um, so we'll have to get his opinions uh, on the next episode that he's on. Um, in terms of you guys, I don't know your views on it. I've been looking carefully at how things have developed. Um, Dyke obviously getting injured has had a big effect on some people's opinions. I'm going to call it basically the only one in the last decade or so I've got wrong. Unfortunately, I haven't put any money on any of these, but um, was the Leicester title winning season. Of course, uh, that's unsurprising that I got that one wrong. Um, however, um, I'm going to put my neck out and I'm actually going to call Liverpool to win this. I think there's certain bit between the teeth about them. They're getting results. They've, they've found their way to the top of the table, despite the injuries, despite not playing well. I think they've come from behind to win four games out of four when they've, Lost, um, lost the first goal. Um, there isn't a very, very strong alternative. I think City are struggling a bit. I don't think Tottenham will last the pace completely. Um, I reckon Liverpool are a good bet for it. Um, my predictions, I've revised them. I think Liverpool will finish top. City will be second. And then I'm, it's rather dependent on how well Leicester do this season because as far as I'm concerned... They could be a dark horses again this year. And I they think might I was actually going to say, I, I think they might win it. Yeah, it's, it's actually feasible. I think it's feasible, looking at the way things are going. They've got their depth of squad is excellent. It's better than before. It's better they've than before. Started, they've started better than they did in the title-winning season at this stage. Yeah. Um, they've still got Vardy, and he's, if, if anything, he's on the best he, form. Yeah, he's recently he is really he's back. But they've, yeah. I think... Whereas before they were, but I think they've got options now in a lot of areas. They've got goals coming from a lot of areas, and I yeah. think if there's any team, I don't think City are going to win. I think you're right. I think Liverpool are the favourites, and I think if Liverpool aren't going to win it, I'd say Leicester. Hmm. Yeah, they, they have go, the I would go along with that. Um, oh, yeah. No I, one's talked about Leicester in any I, of the podcasts, any I of the just, media. I just like them. Yeah, so do I. I yeah. just think I just think no nonsense. I think, I think they're very well managed. Each department 
that's got quality in it. Midfit defense, mid good good cold, good keeper, decent defense, solid creative, inventive midfield, and volley up front. I think they they've got all the bit. I mean, yeah, it will require a lot of things to go right for them for them to for them to do it. But Liverpool just have been very unconvincing this season. They've been hmm. very. Well, they're saying they've conceded more goals than any other team since they won the title. Yeah, and they they're top just, of the they table. Look, they look, <laughs> it doesn't make they look sense. Really sloppy at the back without Van Dijk. They look they look hmm. pretty shambolic at the back. To be honest, if it wasn't for Salah diving. They, you know, they they might not have even beaten West Ham at the at, at the weekend. They they've really been unconvincing. They're really missing Van Dyke a lot, um, and they kind of need Allison to stay fit as well. I think. Um, yeah, they have Fabinho. Obviously, went out for a bit as well. Yeah, so, Phillips yeah. might be quite good. I we'll see, I but it's I, a lot to ask. I don't think they're going to be getting up. They'll get no. less points this season than they did last. Yeah, the, yeah. Point, the points total for winning the title is going to go down significantly, isn't it? But yeah, I wouldn't season. say I wouldn't be surprised at all if Leicester were to win the whole thing. Yeah, well, I'm going to go this. I'm going to go Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Chelsea as top four, which is bad news for Arsenal, who I had picked as fifth, Spurs sixth, Man United seventh, Everton eighth. I might actually go Everton seventh there, in fact. Then Wolves, then Southampton. And then this is where it gets controversial. I've gone for Brighton in the next position. 11th. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th. Yeah. That's a bit <laughs> radical. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That, that is very, very that's ambitious. very radical. I know. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I've gone then for West Ham, Sheffield United, Villa and Leeds to actually slip down, um, Newcastle, Palace, and the bottom three to be West Brom, Burnley and Fulham in that order. I think um, Palace will be much higher than that. Annoyingly, yeah. I think Leeds and Villa will both be higher than that. I think we will be in the 14th to 16th bracket. Mm. And I think the bottom three will be Fulham, Burnley, West Brom. So you agree on that? And Andy, do you reckon the same bottom three as well? What do you reckon? Um, at the moment, I would, I would say... Yes, I think I think I think I think West Brom I think West Brom can score goals. Hmm. Um I, if they if they could just there's enough time for them to organise themselves to, to scrap scrap their way out of it, even if they don't really start getting those points until say next March, where you make your late run. To like drag somebody else back into it, but I yeah. I quite like them up front when they're not frightened to play. Um, I think I think I th- I think we're, we're, I don't think they can defend solidly for ninety minutes. No, um, and I and I think that can be a problem. I think I think they, that's they're playing in that manner, which is why why they're getting beaten. But actually, when they do break forward, I thought against us when they broke forward. They looked like they could be threatening. I thought they were very good against Everton until the sending off. Um, they're not a great side, but they're not. But they're not awful. No. And I and and I think they've got slightly more up front than Fulham. Yeah. Who are who are set up very, fairly similarly. They you know they've got a very poor 
very poor defence, but a much better sort of attacking half of the side. Um, but I think I think West Brom have just got a little bit more life. In Sheffield them. United could go. Sheffield United could go because they yeah. just they look. They've like been worked t- out as well. People, are, I mean, it's that typical thing. They were they were new kids on the block to an extent, and they, they look, took a lot of teams looked, by surprise. They looked stuck. I thought they were, and they had some good opportunities against Manchester City at the weekend to to take something from that game. Because City didn't play well in that in that no. match at all. Again, they were, again they were they were unconvincing. Scrapped their way through, really. But mm. there was what Lundstrom had a had a basically missed a sitter. Should have buried it. From yeah, a, and obviously he's going to go in January. By the looks of it, because he's refusing oh, right. to sign a new contract. Um, yeah, Bruce yeah, has yeah. not made any kind of no. Oh, that was all. His, his his his. Well, he's tried to basically chip Edison, didn't he? Yeah. Just. When you're one-on-one against the yeah. world's best goalkeeper, we were saying this in the WhatsApp, if you're a striker in that position, you've got to go either left or right because that, at that point, if you don't score, it's a decent save. Yeah. Hmm. If you just go down the middle and you don't score, yeah. well, one, you're not going to score doing that. So they're, they're yeah. struggling. I think, you know, I think they've got some good players. I really like, you know, Bulldog's brother is, looks, looks sure. excellent. I think he's played very well. And they do have that energy, but but they just there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, it's fairly one-dimensional, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why I say yeah. I think to a degree they've been worked out by a lot of teams that actually, essentially, you've just got to run. Yeah. You've just got to run to further what, than they do. To what degree they can come back from that is going to be the the, the measure of whether they yeah. get into and what the ball and what and last season was was terrific. It was absolutely yeah, it was absolutely amazing achievement, and Chris Wilder deserves. Every plaudit that has gone his way, but he has to he has to think of something else now, and that, and that's quite hard to do to reinvent yourself. Yeah, especially, especially for a team who yeah exactly who basically carried on that same start. It wasn't like they changed when they got promoted; they've essentially carried on that the way they've been playing. So to do it, I mean, we've talked about Potter coming in and. And changing our style over the course of a pre-season, which was difficult enough, but having to pivot mid-season if things aren't going well, is another is another thing altogether. Yeah. And especially if you're in a relegation battle at the same time. So I I I I would maybe I would maybe think Sheffield United are a team that should be concerned. And I and I think West I think you know West Brom could just maybe score enough goals. To, to stay up. I wouldn't put Leeds out of it yet either, to be honest. No. See, I've always had this theory that they weren't going to do as well as people thought when they started so well. And it's it's still very early stages. They've already started to slip back a little bit. They're in mid-table already after the flying It's going to be tough. I mean, I think we always say it, but I think easy. this season, I think, I can't necessarily see there being a massive sort of teams cut away at the bottom. I think it's mm. going to be very, very tight. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was. I mean, Fulham showed signs of life the other, the other day. I, it's it's, it's going to be it, nervy. Yeah, if, yeah. I, if we get a completed season, of course. I think we will get a completed season, and I think, and I think at the moment it's looking like we're going to be, you know, in that bottom six again, and mm. and, and yeah, we're going to have to sort ourselves out. 
you know, so I think a lot of the comments I was saying about some of the other teams down the bottom could yeah. easily be apl- easily be applied to us. Very valid. Um, so, but, but I I, the only one we know is that we're not particularly predictable. But I have, <laughs> but I have confidence. I have confidence in our players. I think we do have good. I think it's the best group of footballers that we've had in a long time, and I think Agreed. I think I think we are going to. I think we are going to get it right. At some point, I just um, hope it's soon. Yeah, I just hope they don't just for our, for our own health. I hope yeah. it's that we don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't yeah, leave exactly. it until and the latter part of the season. It but. is arguably, yeah, you could you can argue this is the best the best squad, the best team we've we've ever had, and we just need to partly prove it a little bit in terms of positions in the table, and just just yeah, to to get the feel good thing about how well we're playing, to get the results to go with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it, it's always that thing we. In a sense, it's bizarre because you say, would you rather play terribly and win 1-0? Mm. Or would you rather sort of... I know that I know the dream is obviously you play very well yeah. and you win. But it's almost like... I think you know, the I'm answer getting, is I'm getting a once perfect, in a while. Yeah, you need you need a bit of both. But it's once in a while. Genuinely, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying I'm watching us play mm. for the, the majority of games. Even if things aren't going our way, I'm still enjoying watching us play. I mean, Palace are going to bore their way to mid-table. Yeah, we stand and I, but I, I, you know, the days of me enjoying watching that sort of football are, are, are gone. I'd rather watch us play. And yeah. we are frustrating at the moment because we're not maximising. We're not maximising that, which is really irritating. But the, but at least I'm not poking my eyes out when I'm watching us. No, it's not. I mean, it is. I, really I, I find things to enjoy in our games. Hmm. Uh, oh, totally. And know. then you get games like the Newcastle game where it just clicks. Yeah. And it's yeah. a joy. But that's the thing. I mean, without getting too kind of philosophical about it, you go, well, actually, we've talked about this for us before. You go, what is the reason why you watch and you enjoy football? And actually, it's, it's, it's enjoying watching it. It's not yeah. all about the end result. I know that yeah. sounds, it's a kind of, I say it's, it's, the it's a kind of holier than thou attitude, but actually when you break it down, if you're spending so much time in your life as part of a hobby or a pursuit, whatever you want to call it, you've actually got to enjoy the, the journey as it were, not yeah. just the, the result. entertainment. Yeah. It's the narrative. It's the controversial exactly. moments. It's the, it's the unlocking, finding a way to unlock a defense or see that happen or, you know, just incidents, funny stuff that happens at the game, and as we've mentioned before, the socials and the the extra sort of curricular it's actually, stuff I mean, that goes it's, on. Even I know it's fairly new things, but watching Alzate, for instance, yeah. if you watch him get it right, and he's you know he's drifting between the lines and he's just gliding around. Yeah, the pitch. seeing players see seeing players evolve is a big thing as well. Yeah, isn't it? and that's and like I would I would rather watch that than you know I don't know. I can't even think of a, yeah. an example. There's been too many watching the album over yeah. 20 odd years where someone's clogging around in central midfield, just not really doing anything. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's a long window way of um, saying that I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying how we're playing, even as frustrating as it is. And I'm confident that it's going to click sooner I, rather than yeah. later. And let's hope it's on Friday night with a 5 nil battering. I totally agree. Whereas we, we actually so know over. it's going to be, we, we actually know it's going to be an 88th minute winner for Dale Stevens off someone's <laughs> shin pad. Yeah. 
as long as we're prepared for that eventuality then it's fine isn't it exactly it's that's your that's your philosophy isn't it robin if you just think the worst it can't be as bad as that well unfortunately following the the album there have been occasions where you can think the worst and then it's been considerably worse than that so it's been in the game game too long Um, i'm expecting Um, i am expecting a win on friday excellent um i i am as well i think it'll be frustratingly close but i think we'll win 2-1 or something like that yeah um, I, certainly something that that helps is, is this stuff like the beers like this this October stuff's good i think it's one of those it's going to be one of those games where i think we need to start on the front foot yeah and we need to get a fairly early goal and i think if we do that then we should get the win because Burnley, as we know, Wood, Barnes, we both love scoring against us. I think if we get dragged into a scrap, which Burnley are very good at, that's the kind of situation where we're not necessarily going to come out of it particularly well. If we can play the game from the beginning on our terms, then we should be all right. Hmm. That's how I see it. Yeah, I agree. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, finally for me, a bot, bot house visor chapel I've been having as well. Really good beer. Um, quick notice um, stuff as well. Notice board. Um, guys, if any of you could rate the program for us, or if you listen on Apple, please do tick on the five stars and give us a review, even if it's a, a stinker, it doesn't matter. Apparently it does boost the ratings. <laughs> Preferably give us a good one though, if you can. Um, it'd be a pleasure if you could do so. If you want to contact the show, it's at, um, at Brighton Rock Pod. You can email us on brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. Um, next up, Albion are back in Brighty when we host Burnley at the Amex on Friday tea time. We'll be watching so that you don't have to, but you can do if you want, apparently. For an extortionate price. Um, either way round, uh, tune into our review show. We'll have that next week. In addition to that, though, and prior to it, uh, we've got an extra episode coming up. Um, we're recording this Friday lunchtime, um, featuring an Albion fan who has devised an intriguing new interactive football game. We'll be speaking to him about the game's launch this season and why you should give it a try, and also finding out how and when he caught the Albion bug, poor fellow. Anyway, stay tuned for that one. That'll be coming up next, after which we'll have the Birmingham, uh, the sorry, the Burnley review. In the meantime, guys, stand or fall up the Albion. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Andy, and cheers, Robin. Hope you enjoyed it. Cheers. See you next time. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.